0: Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rapaport. On today's episode, we welcome back to the show a good pal Gabe Tesserero and food director here at Bon Appetit, Carla Lolly Music. And we're talking Project Cookery. You know, like when you cook all weekend long one thing and you spend a week before that emailing with your friends about the right way to cook said thing and it's like, you know, kind of like as much sport as it is cooking. And hopefully when it's all said and done, you've got something delicious to eat. So, Carla, Gabe, and I, we go deep on homemade ramen, cassoulet, lasagna, and much more. All right, let's do this. Project Cookery. So, Carla, can I... um relay a tale about Gabe here? Please do. And his zeal for Project Cookery? I'd love to hear it. So a couple of nights ago, my wife and I were on a spontaneous date, just one of those days like, hey, want to meet for dinner, babysitter? Yeah, cool. Cool. We're in Brooklyn at Marlowe and Sons, um, which is across the street from Gabe's apartment, right, Gabe? Directly. Directly, yes. It's my local. Yeah, exactly. And and so you're there, and you're like, Oh, we should probably text Gabe and Jules. It'd be weird to not text them if we're here. And, it was weird. Yeah.
1: He even was weird when you texted.
0: <laughs> so I texted like, hey Gabe, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm making pizza. So immediately Simone and I thought, like, oh, well, thanks for inviting us. You're having a pizza party. Right. So anyways. And I'm, and I'm thinking,
1: thanks for inviting me to
2: Marlowe and sons. Yeah. When you're right already yeah. there. But yeah.
0: this was spontaneous date night. Spontaneous date night. So we didn't even know we were gonna end up there until we were literally sitting there. So uh after dinner, we said, oh, well, let's just do a drive-by. So knock on Gabe's door, and I'm trying to figure out why well, I, I wonder who he did invite to pizza night. Gabe answers the door, and there he is in his artisanal leather apron, glass of wine, by himself. Oh. He did pizza night by himself, four Joe Badia-style pizzas, one with Swiss chard, one with pesto, one with pepperoni, one with a plain cheese pizza.
1: Just, just, a just ba- because. Listen, okay. there's a backstory. I don't normally do that.
0: It's you don't normally the, make four pieces of like homemade well, I, there dough. There was five
1: actually, <laughs> but I just I I hate waste. Right. And there was pizza dough that was kind of sitting in my fridge for like a week, and it was I want first of all I wanted to see if it was still happening.
0: Yeah. Homemade homemade dough that you homemade made. dough that
1: I made from the Joe Badia recipe, which mm-hmm. is a revelation for home cooks out there everywhere need to get with the program with the joe badia program it's incredible
0: the book is called pizza camp we did a podcast a few weeks ago with
1: fantastic joe. um anyway yeah i just didn't want to waste it so it was sitting there i thought i would just cook off, bake off a bunch of pizzas and like cut them up and bring them into the troops at work sure <laughs> which i did and it also, was a, and everybody was like wow holy shit you and i just served it like cold right everybody was like this is great
2: I think also it doesn't sound that weird to me because for some people, like those of us who can't play an instrument, draw, sing, or like do anything creative, cooking is that thing. So it wouldn't be so weird if Gabe went home and like listened to a bunch of music and like maybe, you know, twanged around on his guitar. So if you're just having fun cooking, I great. Put on
1: the I put on the Grateful Dead. I put the Celtics game on mute. I poured a glass of wine yeah. and I baked a bunch of pizzas and I was in my zone. I was in my happy place.
0: So let's talk about it. So we're talking project cook- cookery today. And I think that kind of gets at one thing you said, Carla, that cooking as a hobby as opposed to just cooking as I need to get dinner on the table by 645 for, right. my, for my spouse and two kids. And and there is a difference. And, and both of you guys indulge in project cookery when you have time. So I kind of wanted to – talk about that and and gay what when i say that phrase project cookery what comes to your mind
1: um i mean again going back to our now infamous super bowl podcast <laughs> um you know sundays the game the gang and a, a all day long sort of cooking project right um that kind of comes to mind and some of the things that we've done over the over those that have started on Saturdays and the shop happens on a Friday and it's like you get into it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think I think a project has to be at least a full day. Oftentimes, yeah, Saturday into Sunday. Like you do the prep work sort of yeah. let the dough ferment or whatever on Saturday into the actual Sunday.
2: Yeah. Yep. I think of recipes that instead of recipes that you like make ahead as a strategy. These are recipes that by making them ahead, you actually improve the finished dish. So things like a roast chicken the next day is not the optimal time to have that roast chicken. But, you know, duck confit, you want it to sit overnight and it's fat and get all flavor mingled up. You know, it's actually better the more time you give it.
0: I think another element of Project Cookery is it has to elicit from your guests. What? Wow. You made that? Yeah, like Gabe, you made homemade ramen actually yeah. from scratch. Yep, that's insane, and you did.
1: Yeah, it, it was. It was actually a, a Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl party, but we can we can talk about it in this podcast too, if that's okay with yeah. you. So
0: I'm this was like, like what three extended. years ago or so. Yeah, so we did. We it was four it was not ago. long
1: after the Momofuku cookbook came out and the ramen craze was in full bloom, and we. Kind of looked at my buddy Rick and I kind of looked at that recipe and said, we can pull this off. And I kind of did some research uh, for some other techniques and kind of, we just kind of freestyled a technique that was based sort of loosely on Chang's, but with some other vibes and ideas in it. But it started with basically cooking a, a stock for 36 hours. Right. Which in and of itself, like I like, we had a sleepover,
0: <laughs> right? Well, let's talk about the stock because I think with ramen, especially, a lot of people think noodles, but you know the, the the foundation of any good ramen, if I may, is is that stock, yeah. And and so, what did that one entail? Did You do the pork.
1: It entailed first of all, sourcing bones, right? So you need meaty bones, pork mm-hmm. bones and chicken, okay, for this tonkatsu situation. Um, so it involved sourcing bones from our local b- butcher in this case marlo and daughters shout mm. out to marlo and daughters um getting meaty bones roasting them
0: about how many pounds of meaty bones
1: um several like three to five pounds and i mean we were doing a big thing a big thing around okay, so right? a couple and then, of sheet trays of and bones. two chickens
0: two whole chickens
1: two chickens that you basically poach and mm. you pull away the and and pull away the meat and then roast those bones
2: wow and then you Jesus. keep
1: the poaching liquid you keep the poaching liquid for your stock, and then you roast the bones. And the roasted chicken bones go back in with the roasted pork bones. You're just roasting all the bones, putting them back in, and then you just you're just cooking that slowly, adding water, simmering, simmering, simmering for a long time—36 hours. L- long
0: literally time. 36 hours.
1: Yeah, so we—I actually did stay over, Rick's <laughs> that, <laughs> <house> that <laughs> night, and slept on the couch out by by the kitchen. And just kind of, like, woke up in the night and fed the stock. And, like, we just – we really got into it.
0: This With,
2: is like an army lookout yeah. where you're like, I'll take the first shift. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <And then laughs> you could sleep. Set the alarm then, for 2.30 a.m. His
1: wife thought we were crazy. <laughs> she was just like –
0: All right. A couple of doing. questions. Um, any type of pork bones in particular that they call for? Meaty. Meaty. But, I mean, like a shin bone or ribs, I mean, I think I you mean, know? I
1: think you can get, you know, what they've got. I think rib bones are – I think meaty rib bones are fine. I think – um, I don't even know if they call this in a in a pig, but a shank or a yeah. leg bone, yeah, um, would be great. Right. Um, what you want is for that bone to start breaking down and releasing all of its collagen and its fat and all of its goodies that will hopefully bring you some of that cloudy, almost milky, right vibe. Right. You know, if you've ever been to Ipodo yeah. or one of these, um, better ramen spots, you'll notice that broth is this has this beautiful, almost milky... Yeah,
2: Yeah. it's It's not consomme. This is not the French, like, perfectly clear soup. It's like... Correct. It it does. It has that milky color. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's almost dairy-like. You would think there's some dairy in there.
1: Um, Yeah, and there isn't. And it's really rich and really flavorful, and that requires a really long cooking time.
0: A couple more questions about the stock. Yeah. What sort of... Did you put a bunch of veg in there with the bones? Yeah.
1: Um. Specifically... Uh, A lot of ginger Mm. and a lot of garlic. Yeah. But it's going to be about the seasoning on the back end. Yeah. When you're finished with that, then you have to really carefully season it. Right. Um, And there's different ways of doing that.
0: So what do you – I was going to ask, what do you do for that sodium umami punch? What do you add?
1: Uh, Well, there was a – in the book, there was a recipe for – I'm going to mispronounce this. Tare. Tare, okay, Um, which is, I think, a reduced – kind of a reduced soy – emulsion with shallots and, and, and different, and maybe a little bit of uh, sesame oil, but just a very, very reduced concentrated, you know, liquid.
2: Right. And I think every ramen, ramen chef, that's like another, where you put your individual stamp on it. Right. And these are closely guarded.
1: I found it difficult. I found it difficult to make that. I didn't feel any intuitive vibes on it like i i was looking at it and i was tasting it and it just felt like really salty right you know i just didn't feel like this was correct when i when i made it right so uh, moving forward i haven't done that um i've seasoned it with a little bit of soy a little bit of miso um, these are cheats, right? Um, but mis- miso—you'll find miso um, ramens a lot. Yeah. Um, a little, but careful but really carefully, because you can over-season it, and then you have a really salty mess, and you lose all of that beautiful umami. Right. A lot of these recipes are secretly—they're very c- guarded. A lot of the stuff that you find online is people trying to dissect it um, and, and emulate it, and emulate it. Um, and what I found was a-, a bunch of people using little, carefully bits of sesame paste. Oh. Um Japanese sesame paste. In a pinch you could use tahini. This I'm sure ramen purists out there are going to be screaming <laughs> when they hear this.
0: But if you I, want if you want to email us, bonapetitefoodcast at gmail.com but and we and if you want to yell at Gabe, we will pass on you the email. C-
1: you can add a uh, an element of depth and richness and also that kind of rich, that sort of rich milkiness Mm -hmm. with just a very carefully doling out the sort of the miso and the, and the, um, a little bit of sesame paste. And don't forget kombu. Don't ever forget Very important. But don't leave the kombu in there for too long. Right. It's got to go in
0: and you got to pull it out. That's right. And kombu is dried seaweed for those listening at home. Yep. That brings up a big thing, Carl. Maybe you're probably good at this. I'm not good at this. When you embark on a project, mm-hmm. you need that shopping list tight. Because oh, yeah. I always go, get everything, I'm ready to go, and I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot the so-and-so. Inevitably, you know? that's
2: going to happen, which is why I, I, you, you touched on this at, in a fleeting way, but this project was you had a partner, yeah. right? You were doing this w- as a team, which I think is some of the funnest Ooh. cooking projects is like having a buddy, splitting up the work, making it a joint thing because you're, you know, it's a project. You're going to have like, a huge amount of whatever it is you're making.
0: And maybe you, it's and five
2: pizzas or maybe it's, like, a giant <laughs> no, tub you, of ramen.
0: You don't need a, a, a partner for five <laughs> no, pizzas, apparently. <laughs>
2: well, he needed an, uh, an office to share it with, right? <laughs> That's
0: true. But but it's nice. You can say, hey, can you run out and get some so-and-so? And right. like, Yeah, sure, and I'll grab a six-pack while I'm there. And yeah. All right, so you got a big stock pot of, like, milky, salty, umami-rich broth. About yep. How much stock ultimately did, did that make? Do you know about?
1: Um... I don't know. I want to say like we had two gallons or something. Yeah.
0: All right. So so uh, all right, so you got this, the the broth, the foundation for a good ramen. Now you need the noodles.
1: I haven't made the noodles. I have to be yeah. honest with you. We've, no, it's fine. You, especially here in New York, we've got we've got access to really great noodles, um, noodles that restaurants use. Right. You know, we use we use sun noodles. Yeah. We can get them pretty easily. Um, but I think
0: most of those sun noodles based in Jersey, yep. uh, but most people can, you can mail order it. Can you mail order sun now? I think, I mean, a lot of places now. They're I think you can mail. I mean, yes.
2: I'm comfortable saying at this point you can mail order anything. Yes. So I feel good about that. But the sun noodles are are nationally available in Whole Foods. Yeah. Yep.
0: And they're fresh. And they're they're fresh. not, they're not dry.
2: No, they're great. I have a couple in my freezer right now. They actually now
1: make an instant pr- uh, product as well that comes with a flavor packet yes. and you can make your own tonkatsu ramen and it's actually pretty, pretty good. Yeah.
0: In it's a pinch. Pretty, in a pinch, yeah. Uh, okay, so you got you, you buy the noodles, you've got the stock. Yep. But then you now you need to make more meat to actually how, Yeah, how you want to fi-
1: you want to finish it with some beautiful sort of toppings or, you know, you want to finish it with some beautiful meat. Um you can do pork belly. You can, and that's when you
0: get like the slices of the pork belly in the bowl. You
1: can you can really slow slow roast some pork belly and make it you know just a little melty and delicious.
0: It's an adjunct project. That's part of this project. Yeah,
1: that's just like an eight hour project.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's not that's not a thirty six hour. It's pretty hands off. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's like file and forget. Put a piece of pork belly into the oven at two fifty or something for six hours, and it's like becomes beautiful.
0: And so, you, so I remember at the, at the Super Bowl, this was like probably four or five years ago, and you, so you had the stock, you had the fresh noodles. That yep. you, you're, you, you don't cook the noodles in the stock, you cook the noodles A la minute,
1: it happens right there. Yes. Pot of boiling water, you have your, um, what do you call this tool? A ladle. No, a spider? A a spider. Thank you. You have your spider for your noodles. Very important. Everybody needs to have a spider at home. Everybody should have a spider. Those are those
0: little mesh baskets that you see in Asian restaurants. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bamboo handles. Bamboo handle. Love them. Best things ever. There's fancy ones now, but you don't need to go there. So, uh, and then you- you, So, uh, yeah, and then
1: I have all of my, sort of my toppings, my mise en place is there- Such as? Such as uh, sesame seeds, scallions, um, bamboo- you want to get the pickled bamboo, which is called menma, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that stuff. You want to have that stuff. You can have some daikon, some carrots, like really finely julienned. Very important, the six and a half minute egg. That's right. A delicate process in and of itself, easy to mess up. But when you get it right, the result is incredible.
0: Yeah, so you had this whole accoutrement. Then you asked people to sort of assemble it themselves, kind of like a, a, a ramen bar.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm not doing that anymore. No one's choosing.
0: Oh, you're 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 assembling. Yeah. 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 Oh, the the chef. The chef. Because people do it wrong. People do it wrong. That's like when the waiter goes. "Uh, The chef prefers. It should be composed.
1: The thing about ramen is it 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 is a chef's sort of presentation. Yeah. And it should be composed. Yeah. I like to compose the bowl. I like to. Put my little toppings in little piles on top of the bowl and make them colorful and yeah. kind of ma- make it beautiful and present a beautiful bowl of ramen. Do you have to
2: those people? like white curtains now in your in your <laughs> kitchen? <The> kitchen. <laughs> you like yeah, I part, peer yeah. out and the
1: steam comes through. Yeah, I do wear a um,
2: One I do those. wear a headband.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh nice! Yeah, I do tie <laughs> a, a kerchief around my
0: head. G- Gabe is known to get a little schwitzy in the kitchen. It's good to wear that. But I will say this honestly: at, at that presentation uh, inspired me to then. Assign a piece on homemade ramen in the magazine. Correct. Uh, which the test kitchen executed. And it showed up in the September 2013 restaurant issue. You can find it online, I imagine. Right? Oh, for and sure. Bon- uh But it's everything from the bones to the broth to the, you know, the accoutrement to the, to the noodles. And you we
2: were, we kept it real. It was like, this takes a long time. Yeah. Do not attempt if you don't think that. It's going to take a long time because yeah. it is.
1: It's not going to be as good, but in, you can freestyle ramen on the fly and cheat your way through it and make it into a three-hour project if mm-hmm. you want to. You're not going to have that same result, but you can take some – if you can get some good chicken stock, right. you can roast some pork bones, hit them in some stock, and throw some allumes and different stuff in there and kind of freestyle and fake a, right. a, a ramen stock. That's not what we're talking about today, yeah. but if – if you are daunted by that, you, you, you can still you can still make something satisfying and delicious.
0: But I think it's I, soup after all. I think that's right. what's that's what's interesting about Project Cookery is that you can still make a delicious meal in a lot less time, but Project Cookery is about the journey. It's like I'm gonna spend 36 hours to make this milky, porky broth. I and, mean
1: It's fun. For, yeah. for, for, for those of us that like it, it's, it's it's really fun.
0: Carla, we've got a piece in the magazine coming up at some point about Castle A, we oui, chef and and you... well, this is
2: this story has like yeah. the story of this dish is a sad story that has oh, a Jesus. very happy ending. Oh, okay. Because good. when when the Casolet project was it's initially, like a, it's like a Disney movie, kinda. Yeah. When the Casselay recipe was originally pitched and assigned, it was also for the project section of the magazine, which is where the ramen recipe ran. And the great Claire Saffitz was assigned this recipe. She loves French everything. She developed it, executed it, wrote it. It was slated for print. I I have a
0: a feeling this is going to be insulting to me. No,
2: not at all. At the last minute, Adam Rappaport was like, you know what? This is just one click too far. Because not only is it a super project... With a lot of time and a lot of labor and a lot of love going into it, you also need to get the tarbay beans. You need to get the special garlic sausage, and you need the, you know, now you're like ordering stuff, and it was well. The, well,
0: the problem was, and, and it I, was and like a barrier
2: this. to making it that was there wasn't. It was like a going to inhibit people.
0: Yeah, and and Claire is such a purist that she insisted on the tarbay beans and the French garlic sausage, which those. Products are not easy to source in the way that ramen noodles are now. You know, right. and, and there was an issue about well, can you get this? How and she and there wasn't a sub. So Let's cut to the happy so, ending. So, I mean, so I mean, for whatever
2: for- – then that was a decision that was made. And it was – you know, it, there were some crestfallen people. But the, the happy side <laughs> it's my of jo- the story my, – It's my job to yeah, make people – Yeah, great. Did a great job Killed now. <laughs> so in the intervening, I think, two or three years, um, the internet has changed quite a bit. And thank God Claire is still still with us. And for whatever reason, Claire decided to make it herself – so and we talk all day long in the in the test kitchen. So so very She wouldn't let the dream die three or four months ago. She was like, you know what? You know, F it. Like, that's a good recipe. I'm making it. So she made it over the weekend. She came in on Monday morning and she was like, you know, that cassoulet, like, I'm proud of that. That was a long time ago. And it's really good. And I was like, oh, I want to make your cassoulet. So then we started talking about it again. And in the time, Claire is like, much smarter now, I think, about the strategies and did have the subs. And she also made it at home, which I think was part of the revelation of like, huh, what is really, truly necessary here? You know, as opposed to when she developed it, she was working in the test kitchen um, physically. So she made it. She was psyched about it. I was like, oh, that's funny. I'm I'm coming up on a – I have a weekend cooking, like hang, family, gang, get-together with some friends who really like to cook. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get cassoulet in the mix here. So I decided that would be great. And then my friends who love to cook wanted something like that that took two or three days. So that's how we landed on it, but it does require like making duck confit. It has all of these different elements that you yeah, have so to what, prepare. For
0: those who us who haven't made cassoulet, which is pretty much everyone, so, uh, some of us
1: have never even tasted.
2: Cassoulet. I had never well, It's what?
1: like a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean, I've, <laughs> i it's like snuffle off again. It's right, like you've
2: heard of it, <laughs> but nobody's actually. Yeah, yeah, like unless you, I don't know.
0: So it, break. So break it down. Okay, what break are the components and the and right. the and the the, oh, the the components add up to what?
2: Got it. Okay, the components add up to like something that will sustain you through the dark winter months of like plowing yeah. the fields of of your French farm. So yeah. that's, that's that's b- good. B-
0: that's the irony is that it was originally went this super hearty dish that when people would work twelve hours a yeah. day outside,
2: right? And like they could handle it. Yeah. So a few elements that you need. You need duck confit, right, which we've talked about, and. Uh, Great. We have a great method, and Claire uses our easy duck comfy method to make this one. And that's fantastic. And that's
0: just duck legs cooked in their own fat to their fall off the bone and crispy and the the best with some
2: aromatics in there. But in the original recipe, she was calling for purchasing duck fat. And now, in our more enlightened years later, we don't do that anymore. So that's great. So that's like a set it and forget it, but you got to get the duck legs and you got to give them some time and you have to have a free oven. Then you have to make – you also have to make the beans, right, these beautiful white beans. And tarbay beans are the original, and they're they're exquisite. They have this incredibly thin skin, but they don't crack open. They're super creamy. They never get mushy. They never fall apart. They're like the perfect bean. But
0: – I have a question. Raise my hand. hand is up in the air. How, how do you prepare them so they don't crack and fall apart? They're so. just
2: they, – they have that – inherent quality in them as a bean of a perfect bean.
0: Do you soak them overnight?
2: You definitely soak them overnight. You drain them. When I did this most recently, can you guess what I'm going to say now? No. I use a pressure cooker. Oh, but, God. you know, that's what that's what I do.
1: Just <laughs> like you Adam there. Really thin skin, yes. and <laughs> yummy inside.
0: <laughs> what a, what sort of <laughs> aromatics? Just, just like an onion and some carrots or something in there. Um, With yeah, the, carrots, yeah, garlic. Uh,
2: you know, throw a hunk of pancetta in there if you got it, Why or not? A, some bacon nub or whatever, and then a pound of sausage. Ideally, so now in the revised recipe, ideally garlic sausage. So a nod to you know authenticity. It's important, but sweet Italian is fine. We decided that this is this sausage in the in the beans. Is optional. I really don't think you need it. Oh, it the was sausage.
0: Of, you're saying this. You're it goes saying there's in with the beans, huh? Okay. And it's a
2: flavoring agent, oh, and it's okay. delicious. Yeah, but right. like, oh, so this that,
0: is this isn't even the starring sausage. This is just like no. backup sausage. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy.
2: I know. And we decided we both made it. And we both decided like, you know what? There's already pancetta. There's already pork product. You got the duck legs, and you've got this like pork ragu. Also, like that sausage, maybe. Okay. Uh, so fine. So you could the just, beans. You said pork ragu. Yeah, then there's yeah a pork we're not ragu. there yet.
0: See, I didn't know about the pork ragu. I was always like, oh yeah. beans, sausage, confit. But then, so there's a whole pork ragu. There's thing a whole going pork
2: on. ragu, and not only that, then for the assembly, you've got to make these these amazing um, breadcrumbs, and then that's when the Toulouse sausage gets in the mix. So,
0: what's a Toulouse? Is a Toulouse sausage like comparable to a Italian? sausage? No, it's sausage? like
2: a fat, really fat. Oh yes, yeah,
0: the fat one that almost looks like yeah, a, a worst or something. But you can yeah.
2: use. You can use a uh, kielbasa there. Yeah. Like, you know. And
0: you slice those crosswise. Yeah. And it goes
2: in. And then, so then the magic happens, right? So I made the duck confit
0: oh, on Friday
2: in my home. I soaked the beans and got the ingredients for the beans. Meanwhile, he bought all the stuff for the pork ragu wow. and had that ready Hus- My husband was on cheese. Somebody else was bringing bread. <laughs> you know, we had wine. Everybody was tasked with with wine. Then there was like a whole side conversation about like what's the right side dish. And I was like, well.
0: Can someone email us at bon appetit Foodcast at gmail.com and tell me what is the proper like southwest French wine, I assume. Right, from, so to, drink to drink with To drink us. with cassoulet. It is a yeah, southwest French, right? Yeah. Gascony sort of region-ish. Oui. Where the ducks are.
2: So, you know, then you like show up at someone's house with like the pan of duck legs and, you know, stock and the beans. And it was, it was really fun. So then we got over to his place and used every pot and pan in his house. And then you've, but you've got all these helpers around doing dishes and pouring wine. And
0: so how did you, what did you assemble the, the, it in and, right. and is there a, a science to what goes in first or layering? You lay, you
2: definitely layer, but it's kind of like one two three, one two three. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know if it matters what goes first. So I'm it's sure like duck Claire leg, beans, has sausage, decided.
0: duck leg beans, sausage, yeah, ragu all over.
2: Yeah, exactly. And what, what well, eventually the beans and ragu get combined, and then you want those in to- a big
1: like Dutch oven kind of situation. Yeah, right?
2: but it, even ahead of time, like once you've made the ragu and you have your cooked beans, you like mix them together, and then you could just put that into the fridge and come back two days later. You know what I mean? And And even even
0: better as the flavors marry. Yeah, that's what
2: I'm saying. Like a dish that actually gets better the longer you leave it alone. Because there's something, and we've been talking about this, there's a magical alchemy that happens when the flavors get to hang out together. Even the individual things, the pork ragu and the beans, are having their party for two hours, and then the cassoulet itself, you can assemble and then not even cook it till the next day. And even what happens to it when it's like not even cooked, but they're just all hanging out together. It, it goes into a large, uh, it does. like and Le
1: Crusade kind of situation so, and then it goes in the
2: oven. Yeah. So the original vessel for this was a casul, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, but like an earthenware, yep. you know, big thing with not such high sides, but high enough.
0: And that was kind of, it's more like one of those sort of orange terracotta yeah, colored exactly. sort of deals. Like
2: a cazuela. I yeah. guess is similar. Um, people don't have those you can order those online Mm -hmm. for sure um but my friend john had this big like deep paella pan
0: oh so you did it you did it in one vessel you did did. combined?
2: we did we did it in one vessel and this was maybe a little bit wider and shallower than the ideal situation but then that was fine because it didn't take as long to cook
0: How do you know how long to cook it for so it doesn't dry out? And do you feed it with liquid while it's cooking?
2: You don't feed it with liquid, but you do – so you put this layer of breadcrumbs on top. And then while it's cooking and all the duck fat and the pork fat is like burbling up to the surface, you open it up and you crack the cassoulet. This is like one of these things that you have to do and it makes it real. And you kind of break up the breadcrumbs and you push them down into that top layer of fat. And then you put them back in the oven so that they just keep toasting and – Fattening and mm. crispitying up together, and then you open it up again, and you break that up again, and smoosh it down, and then fat and heat, and then bread happens. Holy it's cow. amazing. So, so
0: how do and you? And so if
2: you don't get like that's the thing about a deep vessel, you know there's sort of there's pros and cons because with something very deep you. You want everybody to have a nice piece of those toasty, fatty breadcrumbs, but only the
0: top layer gets it.
2: So you're like going straight down, and you want to make sure it's kind of like a very deep cobbler, where yeah. you're like, I only got fruit and not a biscuit. And so then what's the point? So Claire, we're we're working on like maybe having a a sidecar of um, breadcrumbs that you can I like also the, add in case it's not looking I, like the right ratio. Yeah,
0: I like the notion of a wider, more shallow one mm-hmm. where every there's like a maybe single layers of Sausage, duck, right. beans, and then the breadcrumbs. But if you do that, you do have to. Game's you eat, face right it now. Just, <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: it just sounds delicious. I know. It was great. I've never had cassoulet. Uh, I've what? never had it.
0: What I said?
1: It's
2: the unicorn. you are gonna make this.
0: Did you serve it with a frise salad, or what did you which we did
2: like a big um, escarole, like nice, acidic, mustardy. Bracing. Bracing.
0: Yes. I think we also
2: had roast fennel because like somebody was like, Wh- whatever, just put it in the oven. So, we had kids cutting things. I mean, it was it was, wow. it was was fun.
0: What, so my question though is, as it's in the oven, the one thing I would be worried about was like, oh, I don't want to leave it in there too long because what if it dries out no. and loses its moistness? No, and how do you a, know? That
2: is like literally impossible. So you have fat. a pork ragout you have duck confit, you have chicken stock, you've got these delicious beans. Yep. It's not going to happen. It cooks for three hours. And then the breadcrumb layer is sort of acting like a like a sealant, you know? It's yeah. like <clears throat> holding everything down.
0: Were there leftovers?
2: There were leftovers, and everybody got to take some home. And I also, this is one of those things you're like, oh, my God, it's so rich. It's so delicious, so amazing. Everyone had seconds. Yeah. Wow. It was like weird almost. But the flavor, they made a new flavor together. They made a flavor you had never had.
0: It's like the Avengers. They're all awesome on their own, but yeah. when they come together. yes. They're even more awesome. That's
2: right. It's like chemistry of flavor. It was it was mind boggling. Cause I don't think I had ever had castle either. It's, it's certainly sounds, talked it's about just it. Sounds incredible. And then so everybody got leftovers and I brought my little Tupperware home and I'm like, you know, swaying drunk at this point. But yeah. it's all we're all happy. It's good. And we felt like, you know, fortified. We're gonna like fight on the next day. Yeah. And I didn't want to refrigerate the leftovers because I was like, I don't want the fat to Congeal. Mm, yeah. I don't think that the French farmhouse woman had a refrigerator. I'm pretty sure it's all cooked. It's fine, so I didn't, and I felt well, really good about that al- decision.
0: They also didn't have heat in their houses. Well,
2: they had a fire. Yes. So
0: yeah, at least. Ish.
2: Um. and the next morning I had it for breakfast
0: oh my god and I was like Did did you put a fried egg on top? I
2: surprised myself I was like you're not really doing it so you're doing it oh I'm doing it and it was even i it might have been even better and then how like,
0: did did you how did did you heat it up or what did no, you... no
2: no no this is standing at the counter with a spoon oh my God! i think i was in a row i'm probably oh my in my bathroom God.
0: incredible and oh then my 13
2: year old son came down and i was like dude treat yourself and he was like oh it was so good it was so good
0: wow my mom in her slippers and robe just mowing i was <laughs> like SLA.
2: even better it got even better how is that even possible
0: uh, so everyone, it was, it was a, um, agreed upon hit by all Because oh, the then guests. there were like
2: six more emails the next two days about like- I can't believe The it. great time we yeah. had and the bread was great and the this, and Kay. what was that other recipe?
0: We're doing it. Yeah. Done. We're doing it. Do you, do you ever go back in the day, uh, that old classic French restaurant on 55th street, La Cote Basque, which is no longer yeah. in existence? I,
2: I, I never had the- um, privilege of eating there they
0: did they would do uh, LCB
2: Jean-Jacques
0: R- R- Rousseau I believe the chef's name was um, back in the 80s and 90s and stuff uh, and they would do a tableside side and they would bring the big thing around and, they, and it was really nice the waiter would very carefully make sure to sort of spoon out equal portions of every element right. and then you get a dab of Dijon on the side mm. of, the, of the plate uh, it was quite nice and that's I kind of love that almost most I know we're digressing I here wouldn't but wouldn't put Dijon within it? It's, it was just like you might for if you vibe. get your
2: coin of sausage, yeah, you it's might nice. hit it. Yeah, Da-da-da. yeah, it's
0: Dijon on the side. You know, it's not in dab. there. Yeah, yeah, just a dab. Double but do, yeah. I, I, I kind of love that the most. And I'm digressing. When you go to a really nice restaurant and get something really rustic, yeah, and you're like, ooh, this is a beautiful glass of wine and the nice salad and the beautiful like cutlery and plates, but it's like you're eating cassoulet, right? So, all right, I'm not a big project guy because I'm impatient. And I just like, I don't have time and is it worth it? And I'm all too neurotic. There's a lot of is it worth it? Well, oh, that's yeah, and that's my whole thing, and that's my I mean, job from, as editor yeah. all I'll the say time.
1: This. I'll say this is somebody who's been over to Adam's uh place for dinner has been so blessed uh to be over at Adam's Place for Dinner a bunch of times. You every time you show up, it looks like nothing's happening and nothing's gonna <laughs> happen. <laughs> You know, oftentimes he will come to the door, just hopped out of the shower, mm-hmm. hair still wet, mixing himself a martini, and you just don't see any action in the kitchen at all. <laughs> That's because I've already done the mise en place. It right. just doesn't look like anything's going to happen. He's so laissez-faire about the entire thing. And it, it's good. It's a good vibe. It's not tense. Right. It's like, come in. There's a little, there's like a little crudite. What did we eat make? It like a situation. We're having a nice, uh, yeah, maybe eat nice olives. We're having a nice cocktail. Yeah. When
0: you and Jules came over a couple months ago, what did we make?
1: You made um, pork chops.
0: Oh, those right? were really good. Yeah. People, People like, love
1: pork chops. It's like, what's for dinner? Pork chops. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's, I came over here for pork chops, but it was extraordinary. He got some great, obviously, some great meat, cooked them hot and fast and yeah. quick, and served it with a bright salad. And we had a, we couldn't believe how good it was. It yeah, was. It, they
0: were beautiful. You are a really chops, good cook, Adam. Pan roasted. And you uh, make it
1: look really easy. And yeah. I, I appreciate that because <laughs> I have, I literally have to bring the drama.
2: Right.
0: Every single but time. But you're a dramatic guy.
1: Yeah. I just.
0: What I was c- the side? It's got to be a show. Yeah.
2: It's got to be like. I like it. What was what thing? Well, well was if the, you're wearing a headband, you have to like earn that. You yeah, know what I'm I mean? am wearing a
1: leather apron. <laughs> <and> a headband, <laughs> <and> a headband,
0: <laughs> it's got to go off. What was the starch? We had like, so it was like a salad pork chops and there was something else there's
1: something some like white rice or something
0: (laughs) oh no no i made i made the creamy uh cheesy polenta Polenta. Mm. soft polenta Polenta, really really soft so it like pools on a plate like Mm. pudding
1: some of us are polenta guys others of us really aren't but again delicious you know Uh,
0: how
2: i make polenta mm -mm. wait for it yeah pressure cooker oh god you're in the pressure cooker all right nine minutes
0: two projects i do embark on one is your fast and easy confit which is comfy duck legs, which apparently is not even a project because it's just one-fifth of a project, I right. just learned. <laughs> and what's great about this, and we've talked about this on the cast before, is that you don't go- have to go out and buy a quart of duck fat. You just take the duck legs that you buy from a butcher or like D'Artagnan, you layer them in a a pot with some seasonings and slowly cook them and they render so much fat yep. after an hour and a, so, they're submerged in their own fat. Correct. And then, then they just continue to sort of um, braise in their fat and at the end, you heat them up in the oven and they get super crispy and yep. they fall apart tender and that is one of the best things yeah, I've made. would say they're are-
2: they're 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 easy. They're not necessarily fast because no. that does take about three and a half hours. Yeah, it's fine. But, you're, but it's it gives fine. you
0: like
1: an almost carnitasy
2: vibe.
0: Yes, when, exactly. When comes out. And, you, and what, you start
2: them skin side down and you poke them in a few places and um, just the low heat, so they start rendering the fats down. da. And then at a certain point, there's enough fat in there. You just flip them over. They keep going shreddy. Delicious, and
0: you make uh, which is interesting. Which most people think they're not going to like, uh, and it's it's the recipe is duck confit with spicy pickled raisins. And most people are like, pickled raisins, what? And there's something about that sweet, spicy pickledness on the fatty crispiness where you're like, oh, yeah, now I and get the sour. It. I it's
2: mean, sour. that pickle, yeah, you need that sourness. Is a little like, like the why the mustard was there for yeah. that. But you know, you could also buy a jar of like mustarda, you know, and have. Some, like you a, just want
0: something a little. Yeah, you want some something bite. with some sharpness. Uh, so the the other the other project that I embark upon, it's uh, also a Bon Appetit recipe, is our uh, best ever lasagna, lasagna bolognese, and I, the recipe calls for homemade making your own pasta. Right. I think that's bananas. I'm not going to make sheets of my own pasta. That's fine. You, you can know? buy them. And you and you can buy if you have a good Italian market near you. Oftentimes, or any wherever or go, whatever gourmet store that nonsense, you can often buy fresh. Sheets. Uh, sheets of yeah. lasagna. And you, and that's that's something, Gabe, like, as you said before, it's okay to take shortcuts. Like, not everything has to be homemade. If you can go buy good sheets of pasta, that's fine. They're not going to – they're probably better than what you're going to make. What is the deal with
1: no-boil lasagna uh, sheets? No. no. I, what is I the deal? They're, they're
2: – you know, they're they, engineered. They're they're parcooked basically, and yeah. then dried so that you. Just, I just but instinctively
1: I feel, want to stay away from that. I, I, just I have f-
2: I've tried them, and I find that they just absorb too much of the liquid because yep. they need the liquid to finish their cooking. Right. So then, if you don't have a very you know very saucy loose kind of tomato sauce, it's going to get tight, and right. it's not right. so fun.
0: All right, so you're making. A bolognese, which is your ground meat. Oftentimes, it's a mixture of veal, pork, and beef, and you got the little uh, sort of um, mirepoix going. Mm-hmm. You mix that together. You've got a little wine going in there. Do we call for, we call for chicken broth? Do we yeah, and, and, and some whole milk. Yeah. Um, tomato and a, paste and g- tomato probably. and tomato paste. Yeah, paste. I like I, what, what this recipe calls for. I like the paste. I don't like. But this calls for crushed tomatoes. See, I do a recipe. I don't like crushed tomatoes in my bolognese. With I just like I just like tomato paste. Yeah, and and the wine and the chicken stock and but that's up to you. So you got that going, then you make a, a bechamel. Yep, which is essentially just
2: a white sauce. A white sauce.
0: Yeah. yeah so you got some butter, flour, butter, flour. milk, yeah. usually
2: nutmeg, a little pe- chicken pepper. broth. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you so you got your sheets, and then you start assembling. You do layers of, of uh, a, a little sauce on the bottom so the bottom doesn't stick. Then sheet of pasta. You do bechamel, you do bolognese, parmesan cheese. And and the key for a good lasagna is to layer and layer and layer. You want like seven layers. layers. You want like seven layers. Not any one layer is too thick.
1: Adam, did you ever go to – did you ever have Mark Ladner's like million-layer lasagna? I have at
0: Del Posto. It's just
1: unbelievable. Like you never had anything like that before. That is remarkable. But this this recipe – gives you that same layering vibe. Yeah, I people this
2: recipe. people are surprised to learn that lasagna can actually be very light. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be this like super heavy, uh, but I mean in the <laughs> sense of like a, not a super heavy brick it's of lighter than you would noodle, yeah. like with a yeah. casserole and I, then a noodle. I will say this top.
0: about about fresh pasta. Um if you go to a really good Italian restaurant like when Mark Ladner was at Del Posto, his fresh pasta was Phenomenal, And it was feathery, thin, yeah. and silky. And he could literally get like 20 layers into this cube. And a couple other things. So what, what I like about making lasagna as a project, you know it's going to be good. Right. And you know that everyone's going to love it. Yeah. I've got bolognese and Parmesan cheese and pasta. There's no way this isn't going to be good. The one thing that you really have to – be mindful of. Uh, one thing is t- check the seasoning, make sure everything is properly salted um, mm-hmm. and, and taste taste as you go. I think that's for any project, because you talked about, Gabe, making the broth.
1: Don't dry it out,
0: man. Yeah, don't dry it out. Um, it, it, but with that pasta that Ladner would make a Del Posto, also, I think the most inspirational pasta I've, uh, lasagna I ever had was getting back to Mario Batali, M- Mark's old boss, at, at Babo, every now and then he would do a duck ragu lasagna. Wow. With multiple layers and this creamy duck sort of comfy ragu in it and both of those lasagnas they're not served hot Mm. I mean they're they're warm but Mm -hmm. after you make the lasagna it's bubbling hot you've got to let it sit for like an hour
2: it has to set up
0: it has to set up it has to come back together we've all had the lasagna that's not so good where someone cuts it and just Just oozes and slides all over the place and like you want that cube on your plate. And it 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 should hold together. Mm -hmm. And and I would say, I mean, literally, I think like an hour. So it it should be served warm and not hot. And it gets better that way. I agree. So yeah, I I did that. The last time I did that, however, our mutual friends, gave Michael, and Cheryl were having an Oscar party at their apartment. Uh, And it's kind of like a potluck. And a lot of people bring good food. Um, and a, a year before, I brought a lasagna, and it was a big hit. And then someone showed up with Korean fried chicken wings at the end of the, uh, the la- and I ate twenty of those, even though I'd already eaten like two pieces of lasagna. And so I'm like, I'm gonna run it back. I'm bringing lasagna again because everyone's like, let's bring. I hope Adam's makes lasagna this year.
1: What Adam didn't mention at the top of this podcast was when he like pot when he and Simone like popped up after their dinner. Yeah. and I was you know feverishly making five pizzas. Adam <laughs> ate like ten slices no, of pizza I- immediately <laughs> after his. <laughs> His, his, his dinner. Well, yeah, the, the, yeah. Right, so yeah. Yeah. this was He was those, like, hey, let me try one. This? Let me try another. What's this
0: one? <laughs> First of all, it literally was five slices, not 10. <laughs> but it was one of those things you go to dinner and you're like, oh, why don't we just split the chicken under the brick, honey? And like, yeah. we'll split some oysters. And I, it was a very sensible dinner. Mm-hmm, and then I went mm-hmm. to Gabe's and so much for the sensibility. But <laughs> last year at the Oscars, I made this beautiful lasagna, spent all afternoon making it. And then I just, I got hit with like a sick wave and I oh, started no. feeling nauseous and I was like head coldy, oh, no. and I was like, I can't go. And I'm like, honey, you're going to have to take this. It's like sending your kid to college.
2: And, and I, she did?
0: And she did and everyone ate it and I didn't get any. I'm
2: so but, sorry. You know. but the did po- she I, get the applause though?
0: But yeah, but you know what? It's about the journey. So the, right. the, the process, the project was, 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 was rewarding enough.
2: Can I tell you a funny story about lasagna bolognese? Uh, invited over to a friend's house for dinner. This many years ago, many, many years and they were like, let's do potluck. They had just had a baby. I was like, wow, you guys really want to have a dinner? They're like, well, we'll do a potluck and everybody can bring something. I was like, oh, I'm totally down. Yeah, whatever. And they were like, great. Can you bring lasagna bolognese?
0: Oh, wow. you like, thanks. <laughs> and
2: I was like, I I, I can. <laughs> And I just I was remember like a
0: salad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they probably didn't know what it entailed to make a good they lasagna. They were just like, bolognese. We
2: love lasagna bolognese. They like, like, I'm sure you do. Cool. <laughs> so of course I like looked up, you know, a super authentic recipe. I don't think I made my own pasta, but bought bought and it was I just remember being half an hour late to get be at their house. You did like the Marcella was like, I was still layering. There was bechamel everywhere. I mean, it was it was insane. And they were like, This is amazing. And I was like, I'm never coming up here again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carlisle music. Gabe Tesserero. <laughs> hey. Hey, got, got it mostly, right? <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming, guys. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced
2: by Emma Wartzman and Carrie Polis and edited by Mitra Kaboli. Our theme music is by Valerie and the with additional music by Nathaniel Wartzman. We have new episodes
0: every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode— Email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.